0: Welcome to Intimacy Play, a podcast by Pleasy Play. We host open discussions with world-leading experts on couples, sex, and intimacy, so you can build a more exciting, fun, and intimate relationship. I'm your host, Michaela Silva. Hi, everyone. Good morning or afternoon, uh, whenever you are listening. We have another episode of the podcast, and we have an amazing guest with us. Today, we have Alice Proster and she is a freelance journalist. Um, so Alice writes about health, tech, sex, dating, and books for uh, very interesting news outlets like Bustle, Forbes, Metro, uh, HuffPost, and so many others and today we also have another guest with us we have natalie so natalie is actually from our internal team she's from pleasy play and she uh, she she's our community and content manager so welcome the both of you hello alice hi thank you thank you so much for having me hello natalie hello good to be on so just before we start i want to say that today's episode is a little different so today we're going to talk about valentine's day you know it's that day of the year that everybody thinks it's the only day that you can be or should be romantic not at all and with lockdown and with covid it's definitely a very different year so we are going to ask alice for her amazing tips about this day and about relationships uh, in general and natalie will also be answering our community's questions Um, And also asking Alice to help her out in giving suggestions to what everybody's been asking on our social media. So just to get a kick into this, um, Alice, can I can ask you how and why you started
1: writing about health, tech and sex? Sure. Um, I think in our own personal relationships so with friends everyone loves talking about relationships they like talking about who people are dating and where people are at with dating how they're feeling um and I think we really minimize these conversations as not being important when in reality I think it's really healthy that we talk about different relationships and also problems in relationships um So really it sparked from a personal interest. I am that nosy friend who kind of likes knowing what my friends are doing, (laughs) Um, but it's kind of sparked from there. And I think you realize everyone has the same questions. So uh, the things that you're worried about, other people are generally worried about. And it's not sparked from there. I just think it's interesting. It's kind of nice to talk about. (laughs) So that's so cool. You're making, you know,
0: average questions that people have and think that they're not so average. You're just answering them and making them something simple.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think we build a lot of stuff up in our relationships. Like we build a lot of things up to be very big problems. When in reality, if you talk about it, like not much can't be solved once you kind of sit down and actually talk about it.
0: I know. I mean, you wrote an article for the Health Post um, a very short while ago. So it's September last year, where you were saying how bad sex education
1: actually shaped your sexuality. You think this is true for most people? Yeah, for sure. I think we, um, you're taught, well, generally sex and health education is very basic. You're taught the ins and outs of sex, what it physically is. And it's also a very narrow view. It's what heterosexual sex is. Um, You're not taught about emotions. You're not taught about consent. You're not taught about LGBT relationships. I think, a lot, and it informs how a lot of people feel about their sexuality going forward. It informs a lot of your kind of formative experiences and also what you expect from those formative experiences. Um, and you're not taught to kind of speak openly about it. There's still kind of embarrassment and shame surrounding it. Um, so you're not taught how to verbalise what you want or what you need and that sex is for pleasure, not just for babies. Um, so I think it's the narrow view that people taught it can really unless you look elsewhere unless you kind of go to find like more broader views it is i think for a lot of people it can be quite stifling makes sense and i do think you help a lot with with
0: the type of articles that you write i was reading also another one that you wrote about masturbation and how it's something that you should do and it's it's good for your body and it's something that's pleasurable but again that's something you were not taught in sex ed is it
1: no, not at all. And also that is taught to, it. like we grow up thinking that's something secret and kind of bad and you shouldn't do it and it's not good for you. When in reality, it's very good for you, especially in times of kind of high stress, like at the moment. Um, and it doesn't have to be something that you do alone. You can kind of get your partner involved and it doesn't need to be this kind of shameful, embarrassing kind of dirty thing. It is actually something that's, very, very good for you and that you should feel kind of happy to do and explore.
0: Yes. Um, thank you for that view, because it does help a lot of people that have shame around that to understand that it's something normal, that everybody does it. And if they don't, they can if they want to, because it, it's good for, for yourself and for, for, for your relationship as well. So I have I have you a very big question about Valentine's Day going, you know, a little bit digging deep into this day. Do you think that it's it's fair to only think about a romantic day in a year? Do you think that people should be focusing all this energy in just one day? Or how can they do this like
1: every single day? I think um, it's really difficult because I think for a lot of people, Valentine's Day comes with a lot of pressure. They're like, oh, I need to you know, produce this lovely meal and be all loving and get presents and blah. When in reality, I think it doesn't need to be that big of a deal. Like, it's nice to have a meal together. It's nice to kind of be in each other's presence. But if you've got things that, that you kind of would like in your relationship, try to kind of sprinkle it throughout the year, it will probably make you happier for longer. Like, a nice Valentine's Day is nice, but there are, like, you know, it does, you don't have to have, like, your best sex on Valentine's day or like you don't have to use it as an excuse to wear a certain outfit or you can do it at any time. Like it doesn't really mean anything. I think sometimes it's even
0: better if it's another
1: day because you're not expecting it, isn't it?
0: Yeah. We have here a couple of questions, Natalie. I don't know if you can. uh... Yeah.
2: So we have this awesome community and they have some amazing questions regarding, you know, sex, relationship, intimacy, um, that we'd love your help in in responding and, and answering them. Um, so, yeah, so we've got a few. Um, and so this one, this is an interesting one. Um, how do you know if someone's the one? How do you know if your, your partner is the one?
1: I think it's really funny. I think people have different views on the one. And mm-hmm. I am not a believer in the one. <laughs> I think it's really difficult because you there are a lot of compatible things that there are a lot of things that make people compatible. So being conscious of the things that you're into. So say if you're super ambitious, like you work hard, that's, in, and that's important to you, then go out and look for that and don't compromise on that because you shouldn't have to. But also if someone's a little different to you, don't sort of write them off and be like, Oh, well, you know, we're not the same person. So we can't be together. And I think, you know, that someone is a good one, how do you feel. So if, they, if you leave feeling really great, you've had a great time, you know, you can have a good conversation, you feel like inspired around them. I think that is a highlight of like a good relationship or a good connection, but don't put too much pressure that they're not the one. Yeah, I definitely think that there's
2: that kind of gut feeling as well. Mm. Like, don't underestimate the power of your gut feeling. Listen mm. to it. Um, yeah, definitely um so yeah what are some tips on how to kind of keep your relationship interesting and fresh particularly right now I think that's super important
1: yeah I think people are kind of in two different positions at the moment where either they're in lockdown or in some kind of situation living with a partner or they're separate and it's been very hard to see each other and both are equally really really difficult um if you're seeing each other every day and you've got into the routine of kind of working, eating at home, doing nothing in the evening, it can become quite stale quite quickly. And if you're experiencing your own low moods, like if you're struggling with mental health stuff during this time, it can be difficult as well, because that's a lot of pressure to put on a partner. So I think coming to your having separation during the day, so not necessarily working in the same room, if you can. Um, and then coming together at the end of the day and maybe bring in some stuff about like the mundanity of your day, but also just try and be excited in each other's presence, like cook a nice dinner, watch a cool movie or something like do something that takes away from kind of how dull stuff can be at the moment. And I think if you're separate, try and bring the same thing to, if you're doing video calls or if you're meeting up and going for like walks and stuff, um, Try and make it as special and, um, like not dull because I think it's just so easy at the moment to fall into a pattern of this is life, every day is the same. Well, like everyone's stressed out, so don't touch me, don't talk to me. So I think keeping things a little bit fresh and not falling into a pattern of just moaning about the situation is quite helpful. Just try; it's real effort. It's a lot of effort. Yeah, definitely.
2: I feel like it's it's hard sometimes to kind of you know you want to i guess schedule that time in and carve out that time mm. um but how do you carve out that time and actually you know i guess schedule it in but mm. still make it exciting and spontaneous yeah.
1: um <laughs> it's, yeah i yeah, think it's difficult because i think everyone finds it's like spontaneity is exciting isn't it so when you're having to like book in a day night it's like the opposite of spontaneity um but i think maybe getting dressed up like putting an outfit on that you wouldn't wear around the house even if you are just staying in the house and just like putting a bit of makeup on or doing something that makes you feel good in yourself in order to kind of take you out of the situation a little bit and then it, it, it like you can't expect someone else to make you feel totally happy but if you kind of elevate yourself and make like the effort they will do the same it kind of it keeps things a bit more interesting. Definitely.
2: Um, And you you mentioned previously kind of mental health um, and kind of giving lockdown and giving COVID times. Um, What is the impact on mental health kind of have on a relationship? I guess, how can it be improved?
1: Mm, um, Massive. I think it's really hard if you are feeling very down to verbalize how you feel sometimes, because I think when you're in it, it's very hard to use, find the words to explain it to a partner, especially if they kind of don't understand. I think like speak to yourself. I like say, speak to yourself how you'd speak to a friend. Cause I think we're often much kinder to our friends than we are to ourselves. So try and think of yourself as like, well, okay, if I'm my best pal, call me up, not feeling good. What would I say to them? And try and practice what you would say. And it's really hard, but, Communication is definitely key. So just make sure that your partner understands that it's not them. Like you're not pushing them away. It's just you are feeling stressed or anxious about the situation or depressed. And they are helping by being there and supporting you, but you are not feeling so good at the moment and you are doing your best sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. I think
2: open communication is kind of always, I guess, the cornerstone of um good relationship and kind of keeping your mental health um there um yeah thanks and here's here's a bit of a a tough one um but somebody is um in a relationship if someone in a relationship has cheated is it possible to repair the relationship or regain that trust do you think
1: i think this one is a really difficult one because i think we all have different boundaries as far as cheating is concerned and one of the most important things in a relationship is trust you've got a be able to fully because it's very vulnerable to be with someone um I think you shouldn't minimize how you feel so give yourself some time you don't have to tell someone like oh yes I'm ready to let you back into my life or I'm ready I, I can't be with you straight away really dwell on how you feel and then say it and even if you think you're going to upset that other person or it's going to make things awkward. Feel it like when it comes to cheating and things like that, it will fester, like it will just stay inside. Every time they're on the phone, you'll be like, oh, who are you messaging? So it's it's important to say it because otherwise it will you will get very insecure about it. You've had those conversations where you've decided what you want to do. You can't change their behavior. They have to want to do it. So as far as communicating what they need and changing bad habits or whatever, they have to do it. You can't be like, I want you to do it. So you have to, they have to want to still be part of that relationship. And just because they've cheated, it's not a reflection on you. It doesn't necessarily even mean that they don't love you anymore. It's just, it's something that they have done and you deserve to be happy too. So I think it's like you say, open communication is so key and also understanding that it isn't you it's them yeah yeah as you say open noise, um open communication is
2: key and i think you know it takes work to, to maintain a relationship and and um, kind of build that yeah. um and here's another one um a person in our community has got in touch saying that their boyfriend's drug addiction has made their relationship toxic do you have any mm-hmm. advice on kind of how to handle a situation like this
1: yeah um I think this one's a really difficult one. And I think if you are going through that situation, it can be really helpful to get in touch with someone like a counsellor or a therapist who has a specialism in that subject because they will absolutely be able to guide you. But I don't think dating someone who has either a history of substance abuse or is recovering from substance abuse, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing at all. But I do think that if that's starting to encroach on your relationship and you no longer feel like an equal participant in your relationship, I do think that you, like I say, you deserve to be happy. And if it's a boundary, then maybe you need to articulate it in a way that they know that it's not judgmental and that you do love and support them regardless, but that they're hurting you and you this you can only go so far. You, you can't live miserably in order to kind of try and keep the peace um but like i said there are so many awesome um sort of relationship and it's also substance abuse charities and therapists out there that um like absolutely specialize in this area and i do think it's a really difficult one yeah, yeah absolutely we're yes. having some really tough questions for alice so people are really <laughs> digging, digging
2: deep they are digging deep <laughs> yes i told you you have a great community um but we will <laughs> A little bit lighter, on a lighter note. Um, uh, we also have a question. Um and what do you do if you have flatmates around constantly? How can you carve out the time for your relationship and you know, spend time with your partner? Kind of there's all these people around constantly. So here's a lighter one for you.
1: (laughs) I think so many people identify with this. Um I definitely do. Um, over the last few months, like everyone has got to know their flatmates much better and not necessarily for the better. (laughs) Um, Just everybody is around all the time and that's fine. And it's nice to do things as a house as a whole, because obviously that is important at the moment, if you can get that personal interaction. But also I think like sort of organizing date nights where it's just you and your partner, where even if you just sit and eat food and watch a film, but it's just the two of you, It's so important because I think you can, like, it's very easy to feel like friends, unless if you don't have that time together, if you're constantly around other people, it can become very easy to just be like, oh, well, we've lost the spark or we've not really connected. We might have been sleeping in the same bed every night, but I don't feel like I've really spoken to you for like two weeks. Um, And also speaking to your flatmates about it, because I think if they're reasonable, if they're at all reasonable, they'll understand that you will hang out with them, you know on three days three nights a week but you know the rest of the time you do need that time just to be together and they should understand that they might be a bit funny about it but they should understand
2: <laughs> yeah that, that regard,
0: can yeah. I ask a question so this is this is actually something that just sparked my um I remember the thing that I talked to a friend so mm-hmm. she's she's Portuguese and she went to the UK and just talking you know about about roommates and uh, how to have it spicy and how to make it spicy you know with other people around uh, quotes here she was she was telling me how uh you know the the, the rooms were had very thin walls when she was in the uk mm. when she was she was living with some people and people just look at her weirdly when her boyfriend was around uh because apparently they were hearing a little bit more than it than they asked for and she was just talking to me saying, you know, in Portugal, if this would have happened, people would just look at me and say, yeah, you had a good night. But in the UK, <laughs> it really wasn't well perceived. Can can we talk about this? Is, is this really how people, you know, in, generally, in general, obviously, but is, is this like something bad,
1: uh, badly perceived in the UK? I think it's really difficult because I know, I know personally where I live. So if anyone hears anything, it's kind of made a bit of a joke of, but there are a few people I live with who are just like, oh gosh, like, how dare you? And it's kind of like, "Mm, well, you know, like it happens, like good for them sort of thing. (laughs) um and i do think that people need to understand like you know they deserve to live in the house as much as you do and it's like sort of a respect thing so don't be over the top or sort of too much but also you shouldn't feel self-conscious in your own house like you do you sort of thing
0: (laughs) i I just thought it was so funny you know the way that she was uh, talking about that (laughs) saying you know if i hear something i just think it's sexy and they were just looking at me, weirdly. Really. So it, it was just such a funny conversation. Um, sorry about that, Leslie. Carry on.
2: <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, it was actually, it made me think of there's a new trend um, on, you know, social media of sending dirty texts to your partner while they're, like, mm-hmm. surrounded by their family or, like, yeah. a lots of friends. And to see, like, <laughs> filming their reaction. Um, honestly, it's great to, like, watch, you know, <laughs> these- it's so funny. Um, but that's also another idea for you. If, uh, <laughs> if you want to spice things up when you have flatmates yeah. around or family. So
0: and that's really, tell me you have a friend that has done this and that they have tell- told you
2: about that experience. I'm sure I do have a friend, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, not one that I'm going to share right now, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But kind of going the other extreme, if you know you have nobody around, and if you're doing mm-hmm. a long distance relationship, how do you
1: nurture that? How do you, yeah, keep that going kind of through lockdown? Mm. Um, I think planning dates is still important, even if you can't be in the same room. I think if just having a consistent like every Friday we will have dinner together on zoom and we'll push through it like it's not going to be ideal but we'll do it and I think also like really embracing um sort of um like tech intimacy so sexting or pictures or videos or whatever you're comfortable with and I do think with that you need to have conversations about like how far you'll go um the trust needs to be there 100 you need to feel comfortable um, but it's definitely a way to kind of keep things going, um, before you can kind of be together. And it does still show that you're both still thinking about each other. I mean, wanting each other doesn't go away despite not being together. So <laughs> it's kind of a way to kind of keep things ticking over and kind of feeling sexy in yourself too. Cause I think that can really go away if you are not together. Um, and it's important that you still feel that way.
0: Definitely. Alice because this is a valentine's special episode
1: mm-hmm. can you give us a hint on what you have planned for valentine's day well uh, <laughs> it's my boyfriend's birthday the day before so we're going to do something for that and then usually i'm very much uh, get takeout food watch a movie and um, that kind of thing but i'm thinking um yeah i'm thinking like this year it'll have to be something a bit more because like we've not <laughs> we've just not done anything this year so i was like might get sort of take out food create like a little home cinema and just kind of try and make it as much of a thing as possible and i'm really not a valentine's day kind of person normally so i was just like no it has to be special everything has to be special this year <laughs> so yeah just try and beat it like really be together um because it's really easy not to be i think this year it's really easy to just have to have your house head elsewhere think everything else is more important and it's not like it's still a priority so it's not
0: really about what you're going to do but about being intimate and and just to clarify when i'm talking about intimacy and this is for everybody to hear i'm not talking about sex i'm talking about communicating being together Mm. and having that close relationship at that moment so is is that what
1: valentine's
0: uh, valentine's day at least this year is for you Intimate,
1: yeah, for sure. It's sort of very much about, like, you know, not being on your phone or thinking about other stuff or think like doing work emails or whatever, just sort of enjoying each other's company and doing something like that's a little bit of a treat or whatever, getting food or watching a movie or whatever, and just, yeah, enjoying each other's time. I think because I think it's been very easy this year to get carried away with things. Whereas um, it's nice just to be together and be yeah, be intimate and just enjoy each other.
2: Those, I guess, who, who can't, again, kind of the long distance, do you have any, I guess, tips for um, how to yeah have a good, you know, Valentine's day um, away from each
1: other? Mm. I think if you can, meet up at all even if you can go sort of a socially distanced walk or anything I think that is a really good thing you know going for a walk getting a takeout coffee and sort of trying to be together like that and then going back and even making the same meal in your respective houses and then eating it together so it's kind of you know give you light candles and stuff even if it's yourself it might feel a bit silly but I think it gives you more of a sense of Being together, even if there's a screen in front of you, just like even like you can discuss the meal because you are both eating the same thing (laughs) and just it gives a sense of occasion. Whereas, you know, it's very easy to kind of just be like, oh, we can't be together, so we'll ignore it. We'll let it pass and look, that's it. Whereas, you know, at least it like marks something and it will be something you can look back on in, you know, years come and be like, oh my gosh, do you remember that Valentine's Day that we sat on a video call and ate?
2: I like that tip. It's really cool. Yeah, there's definitely ways <laughs> I think of having virtual fun, um, mm. not only just eating, but I mean, yeah, there's video sex, there's phone sex, mm. um, sexting. Yeah, and it's you... like more. <laughs> 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 I mean, no, no, Alice, do you have any tips on on you know sexting? And you mentioned this before as well. On, yeah. Um, yeah, how to kind of keep that intimacy going. Um, mm. I
1: think by, I think the uniquely like good thing about that is you can have conversations beforehand and be like, Oh, like, oh, this is what I'm into. Like da, da, da. you can speak very freely because you're not necessarily in opposite someone with them looking straight at you and you're like, oh, no, too shy. Whereas in that space, you can be more like, Oh, I'd like to explore this. or Oh, I got new underwear. Here it is sort of thing. And kind of it, it's a way to kind of. It feels special. It does. It feels different. I think it's not the same as being with someone, but it is a way for you to kind of express yourself and be intimate with someone when you can't. When you can't be together, and also it's a way of like introducing things that when you can be together, you can be like, oh, do you remember when we spoke about that? Maybe we could actually do that. Um, and it's kind of a safer, like safe space of introducing different things, like different things, positions, or toys or stuff like that it's just a good way to introduce things
2: definitely a good way of, of keeping things kind of fresh and, and spontaneous mm. as well um yeah um are there any kind of go-to valentine day gifts that you think kind of everyone
1: could appreciate or um yeah i think um depends on the person because obviously everybody knows their partner uniquely i think things that are generally kind of self care like ch- like chocolate or nice like food items is always good or wine and stuff like that if they drink um and I think like underwear is always a good option I think as long as you kind of know sizes and whatnot I think that's always kind of a safe bet and it's always it's also a way of being like I am I think about you like that like I'd want to see you in that it's kind of a good um intro to stuff like that and then like i always love some flowers flowers are always nice (laughs) like a safe option but um i think speaking like speaking of this year it's good to think about what your partner would really want and treating them in that way because it's like i i'm still thinking of you i do still want to be close to you um toys are a good option and just be like oh i like want to keep things exciting And also giving them as a gift, it feels a bit like, oh, we share this. Like, this is something for both of us sort of thing, Um, which is always good. Yeah, love that.
2: Um, Definitely great when you can kind of both get some enjoyment from it. Mm. Um, Yeah. uh, So we've got a last question, and I actually think this one's probably from Michaela. Um, We've got a user saying that they want to purchase the, the Pleasy box as a gift for their partner on Valentine's, but they're not sure what to expect. Um, can you tell them a little more about what they could expect? Yes. So
0: first of all, like like Alice was saying, I think purchasing something that that is like a sex toy. Which, so our Pleasy box has sex toys. We have uh, three to four items, very good quality, and they're to be used in partnered sex. Well, some of the toys are for, for solo use, but you can definitely ask your partner to give you a, ha- a hand, uh, literally, and um, or not. But the thing is, what we have with the Pleasy box is we help couples to you know try new things, like like Alice was saying, and to spice up the relationship in a joint venture. I'm not sure this is the right wording, but yeah, I- I- in a joint way. So, what what people can expect with the box is full of toys, and we explain through our apps, we have our app already available on iOS. Uh, They can see how to best use the toys. And we've got very hot tips uh, and challenges. So a challenge, for example, could be tonight, do a massage or try this position with this sex toy. So it's very, very uh, different for each person because the box and the app are personalized. But please do reach out to us if you want to know a little bit more about the box and about the experience. We're happy to answer in our social media, email, and everything else. Um, Natalie, thank you so much for asking all of these questions and for putting Alice in the spot. Sorry about
1: that, Alice. Yeah, sorry about that. We got deep. It was great. (laughs) No, they were great questions as well. They were so (laughs) varied. Has a final
0: uh, tip for everybody, this is something that we ask all of our guests, and we always have different answers, and that's something that I love. And that's something I would also love to hear your thoughts on that, on this too. So how do you keep your relationship open, exciting, and intimate? I know these are three very different things, but is there a way for us to do this uh, and make our relationships even better?
1: Uh, for me, it's about always, always about kind of really open communication. So, whether that's kind of explaining how you feel emotionally or as far as intimacy goes, like I think people get quite shy about saying or writing that they're kind of turned on, like they want to kind of have that kind of chat. I think just always having that open communication and back into you with your partner, it makes you ultimately closer on every level um so that's really like very important to me anyway
2: yeah i would i mean i totally agree with that i think being open and, and being able to be honest with your partner is super key. and if you can't then um that definitely needs some working on i think in terms of keeping things exciting um kind of just always trying something new kind of as you say like Mm -hmm. um whether that's a meal whether that's going to a different place taking a different walk um obviously pre-covid times you know going somewhere new and traveling um but yeah um an adventure either way well this was an
0: amazing episode i think alice has given us such a great feedback by the way alice where can people search for you if they want to know more about uh, sex relationships education and tech uh, health sorry not education
1: absolutely um i'm on twitter it's just alice broster one um and i write mostly kind of bustle and forbes so you just search alice broster forbes and um, you'll get me but
0: yeah Amazing. Thank you so much. Also, Natalie, she is our star in managing our community. So give a shout to Natalie in our community. Talk to her whenever you need. She's here to help you as well, navigate your relationships and try new things. And if you have any questions at all, feel
2: free to to come ask.
0: Have a great day, guys. Thank you. Bye. And that was Intimacy Play. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about Pleasy and how we can take your relationship to the next level, visit PleasyPlay.com. Then also make sure to search for Intimacy Play in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found, and click subscribe, so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Pleasy, thank you for listening.